previously on the Best in the World Sports Report. I think the Eagles have revenge on the mind. Mm-hmm. And I think they can pull it out. Okay. I'm going to go Eagles, mm-hmm. 26. Mm-hmm. Saints, 24. I predict Eagles, 13. Saints, 17. I, 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 think the, I think the magical ride ends this week. And if I am wrong, I will gracefully once again come back here next week and tell you how I predicted the Eagles were going to win all along. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And here's your host, John Brown. Do not ask me how I'm doing today. You know how I'm doing. I'm doing good, huh? What did I just, I just said don't ask me how I'm doing. Because you know how I'm doing. I'm doing bad, man. I know it's been a couple of days. I know we've had time to swallow this. I know we've had time to to process this. But I'm mad. I'm disapp- I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. You were you, still hoping your season be gone. Yes, I was hoping to be talking about an NFC Championship game that featured the Philadelphia Eagles. But instead, we are here talking about what could have been what wasn't, and what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Best in the World Sports Report. My name is John Brown alongside my partner in crime, Mike Jones. It was it was an interesting game. It was an interesting game. We started out fast. 14 nothing before you could blink. Drew Brees drops back, goes deep for very first, first play of the game. game. Pick. Pick. What did you think? I thought when I saw the first play of the game, of course, I, there was the initial excitement. But my real first—well, don't not not my real first thought, but my first impression was that this was going to be different. This wasn't the same forty-eight-seven game we saw during the regular season. Mm-hmm. When Drew Brees came out and just picked us apart, yeah. My so my first thought when I see that this is going to be different. Okay. Then we go down the field and score. Right, like right down the field. Nice drive, mm-hmm. score, end zone. Now, now I'm really yeah, feeling good about this one. Definitely. We came to play. Exactly. You knew from the very beginning. You knew from the start things were going to be different. From that first play to that first drive to that second drive, mm-hmm. when they kept when when they stopped Drew when they stopped Drew Brees on their on the Saints' second possession, mm-hmm. and then scored again, scored again, fourteen knew, nothing now, Quinn. exactly, exactly, and then they actually stopped them again mm-hmm. and got the ball back. That defense, I, I think in. This offseason, I think fans were prepared to give Jim Schwartz the business. Can you now, though? No. that's. I mean, I wanted to ask you. I'm the host of this show. I wanted to ask you that question. <laughs> it's my show. I was going to ask you that. I mean, honestly. Because here's the thing. You know, with Jim Schwartz' criticism, I kind of, I feel like I see both sides. Mm-hmm. Both sides make a compelling argument. There are going to be people who sit there and say, 
oh, this, he doesn't put enough pressure on the quarterback. He doesn't blitz enough. They're you know they're they're not the DBs fall back into covers. They play that that pseudo uh, prevent defense. Uh, but on the flip side, this is a guy playing defense with DBs that basically were sitting next to us watching the games on TV earlier this season. You know, I was having an interesting conversation this week. Okay. With a friend of ours, Jeff Mosher. We we were having a little little discussion on Twitter. All right. Because he he brought up the topic of whether or not people were going to be bashing Jim Schwartz's defense. And the point was brought up. Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, John Elway, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Uh Brett Favre, your all-time greats. Yes. What do they do when you blitz them? Pick you apart. Bad. They see the matchup. They see where you're exposed. Uh And they take advantage of it every time because they're – they're they're great because they're great at reading defense. They know where you're exposed. Tom Brady's how lost how many Super Bowls? Three. You know what the three teams that beat them got all had in common? You got two Giants teams and you got an Eagles team. Mm-hmm. What did those teams all have in common? You tell me. They rushed a quarterback with four. Both those Giants teams. With their quote unquote NASCAR package of four D linemen that were all pass rushers. Uh-huh. And the Eagles team last year that Jim Schwartz is known for only rushing four. Uh-huh. You leave guys in coverage against those type of quarterbacks. You ha- you're shorthanded in coverage, they'll find the open man every time. You want to beat those quarterbacks, you have to get there with four. So, as much as people like to bash Jim Schwartz for not bringing more pressure, he, the system that he's running is actually preparing his teams to be able to play against these great quarterbacks. Drew Brees, all, f- no doubt Hall of Famer, no doubt first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh-huh. Offense scored 20 points. For most of the game, they were at 14 or less. It wasn't like they were just running up and down the field, slinging the ball around, other than Brees to Michael Thomas. Uh-huh. Which but you you would have you 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 would expect that you would go into a game knowing that if there was anybody on that receiving core that was going to get theirs, mm-hmm. it would it's be Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. So Drew Brees and Michael Thomas going off, and it's arguable whether they actually and I'm using air quotes here got off in that. There's a lot of yards. They got a lot of yards, not a lot of points. Exactly. They but they were in the end zone a lot. But go ahead, the go ahead touchdown was scored on a dude. That basically came up off the practice squad. A guy that we talked about on our other podcast, Offense, Defense, and Discourse, which is available on SoundCloud and iTunes right now, we had never heard of. I still, I don't know who Hawkins is. I had to look up number 48 to find out who he was. Exactly. Exactly. So my question to you, Jim, is our – uh, Doug Peterson, Harry Roseman have already said this: that his three coordinators are all coming back. Mm-hmm. Groves coming back, Schwartz is coming back, special teams coordinator. Uh, they're all mm-hmm. coming back. All coming back. 
You good with that? Yeah, I'm good with it. Okay. Okay. Moving on to the next one. Alshon Jeffries dropped the ball. Ball went right through his hands. Right through his hands. Right through his hands. How much blame you put on him? For dropping the ball or for the loss? Both. We got time. For dropping the ball, 100% the blame's on him. Mm-hmm. It's in his hands. Went right through. Went right, right through the hands. Mm-hmm. He plays wide receiver. I'm pretty sure you're in, somewhere in your job description near the top. Catching Catch the, the ball. ball. Yeah. Probably the number one thing. Do you believe in the concept that if it hits your hands, it's catchable? If it hits your, if it actually hits your hand, if it hits your like hands, the palm of your if it hits hands, your hands, it's, if it hits like the palm I, I, of your I, hand, it's catchable. Because I hear, I hear that a lot when people debate. Now, now they'll, people will say if you touch it, it's catchable. Like if it gets your fingertips, that's not always true. Mm-hmm. You could be all the way fully extended and ball graze your fingertips. You had no t- chance of catching that. But if the ball hits the palm of your hand, you can catch it. Mm-hmm. As a fan, as a lifelong fan. Do you feel like your attitude has changed? Because Alshon drops that pass, mm-hmm. goes right through his hands, costs him, costs him, ends ends the drive, ends up costing them the game. It ended the drive. I don't believe it cost them the game because uh, after you know, that, it cost them. A, it cost them a chance to win the game. Would you say that? It cost them a chance to win the game, okay. but right. they had several chances to win the game. Okay. Well, this is this is the point that I'm trying to make. You're good with it. You're in a good place. You look like you're All in a right, good place. See, see that, I don't want to mischaracterize it. Mm-hmm. I'm not good with losing. I'm never good with losing. I hate losing. I understand that. I'm not good with him dropping a pass. I want him to catch that ball every time. It's in his hands. He's not getting contacted. Mm-hmm. He should have caught it. That being said, I don't feel like it's the end of the world. That's where I'm going with this. And do you feel like that has changed now that you have seen your team win a Super Bowl? Yes, but I don't think it's just the fact that they won the Super Bowl. Why? I think it's also a function of how consistent Alshon has been. Mm -hmm. If it had been, say, Nelson Aguilar that dropped it. You think Nelson would be catching heat? He'd he'd be catching more heat than Alshon. Okay. Because Alshon has been consistently good with his hands throughout his tenure in Philadelphia, the two years he's been here, Mm -hmm. playing playing through injuries and all. He catches the ball. You're allowed – nobody catches everything. That one just happened to come at an inopportune time. But whereas Nelson Aguilar has had a history of dropping balls that he's supposed to catch, I think we would have taken that a lot worse than we did Alshon, who was due for a bad play. It just came at a bad time. But everybody knows he he goes all out, lays it all on the line, and he usually comes down with everything. He's made big plays for us repeatedly. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not like a guy who's never made a big play, never shown up in the big game. It's just a bad time for that to happen. Very bad time. So that brings us to the number one guy, Mr. Nick Foles. I want you to grade his performance on Sunday. 
C plus. C plus. Why C Maybe plus? actually a solid C. Okay, C. Came out like gangbusters, two touchdowns. Also had two interceptions in that game. Mm-hmm. One of them was his fault. One of them was on the drop that by Alshon. Yeah. It wasn't a terrible game. No. It what he lost the offense, starting offensive lineman during the game, and the right guard Brandon Brooks. Mm-hmm. So you have to assume that affected the offense as well. It's a Pro Bowl O lineman, one of the best right guards in the league. Okay. And definitely one of the best right sides in the league when you couple him and Man. his and his partner in crime, Lane Johnson, over there, who have seem to have a very good rapport with how they play next to each other. So I definitely saw a difference in the play calling and the push that the offensive line was getting after Brooks went down fairly early in that game. So I think that had some effect on what Nick Foles was able to do as well. We all know he's not the most mobile quarterback. He has functional mobility in the pocket. He can step up, slide, extend the play doing that. But he's not going to get out and run or if somebody gets through clean and they're chasing him, he's he's not the guy who can get away. Uh Losing one of the best guards, right guards in the league is going to have an effect on him. So I, and I definitely you look before and after that in the game, offense looked flat after Brooks went out. So it's not – and then you just see injury after injury after injury during the game. It's just a tough situation to be in when you couple that with all the players who were injured before the game before the even game. started. You think Apparently that- Alshon had broken ribs and it's – it's just a lot to – as much as I would have liked to see the Eagles win, mm-hmm. they they may have been outmanned that day. Not, not even may have. They were outmanned oh, that day. How would, you grade, how would you grade the 2019 playoffs for Nick Foles? Three touchdowns, four interceptions, one and one. C, C, C minus. C minus. He, was, he wasn't great. He had good moments, good drives, mm-hmm. was able to produce points when he needed to. Mm-hmm. But that is not the same as winning, and which is as Herman, as our old coach, not our old coach, but the old the NFL old coach. coach. Former Eagle. Former Eagle. Former Eagle. Which is Her- why I think of him as ours. Mm-hmm. Herm Edwards would say, you Hello, play to win the you game. You play to win the game. Uh, last week, and this, this was a different conversation, but I, I, I just want to touch on it briefly as part of a, a, a different point, a bigger point. Okay. We had talked about Nick Foles' place in history, and we were comparing it to Donovan McNabb's, and mm-hmm. you were saying that Donovan McNabb, you, you had asked the question, how many truly memorable games, playoff games that Donovan McNabb have. Yeah. Where you really say he rose to the occasion mm-hmm. and like really was like, I'm the man mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Like where he just right. stepped up the big game yeah. and won it for you. Mm-hmm. Would you I I guess how memorable is this playoff run for Nick Foles? Had the game winning had the had the go ahead touchdown against the Bears. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. on a great pass and a great route by Golden Tate. Well, I, but I they would, missed a field goal. I would say it depends. Okay. It would depend on one factor. Okay. Do you factor in that the Eagles have essentially been in playoff mode for the last five weeks? No. So those three must-win games at the end of the regular season to get in the playoffs are not a factor in your evaluation? No. I'm 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 fact I'm talking 2019 playoffs. Beat the Bears on the road, lost to the number one seed Saints by less than a touchdown. But how, I'm talking about Nick Foles. How, how are these memorable games? What how you're giving him a C? You said you gave, I gave him, him a, a C. C. A C. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's not a great performance. Okay. What wasn't great? No, it's a C. So at this point now, given the C performance that he's given you, does this change how you feel about? the whole Nick Foles, Carson Wentz debate in the city? No. Because, and I say no for Nick Foles, Carson Wentz wasn't a debate in this city. Well, it it, it wasn't a debate for you. You're not debating because I know where you stand. It it's was, not a debate between you and I. But it wasn't a debate a, for the Eagles either. No, but there's still a debate. It was interesting conversation for sports radio. Somebody had to bring up a topic to discuss. Mm. This guy, it's it's easy, it's low hanging fruit. Okay, but it, okay, but anyone, any host, anyone who, if you actually got them to give you an honest answer, they'd all tell you, "No, we know what it is. It's not a real debate. It's just interesting conversation because we know we can get listeners to something to talk about because people love people love foals." Mm. Guy wins you a Super Bowl after fifty years. You're gonna, you yeah. know, you'll love him too. Yes, Def- but, definitely. So, from that standpoint, I could see where the conversation comes from. But historically, the NFL, when you have a situation where you have two good to great quarterbacks on the roster at the same time, younger guy always wins, with very few exceptions. You look at. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers won. Mm-hmm. Joe Montana and Steve Young. Steve Young won, won out that 49ers so let, job. So let me get let me give let me throw out a scenario for you, which would be an exception, maybe not an example. Okay. Mike Vick and Kevin Cobb. Kevin Cobb's the younger guy. They ended up going with Mike Vick. Was that the right decision? That was injury. But he was once he came back, they didn't he go was, back to him. He never came back, and I think the Eagles knew that before anyone else. They traded him for DRC in a second round pick to Arizona. He never played again for the Eagles, mm-hmm. and I think the Eagles saw him in practice and knew he, he might be happen. physically cleared. But this kid is jittery. Let's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could see it. He was never comfortable back there again. And he fear got to him, for lack of a better term. So basically, was. that was the right. To, so that was the right decision to trade him. To trade him to, get, yeah. to go to go to, to go to Vic was the right decision. That, that was the right decision. Yeah. Now, had Cobb actually not suffered that devastating concussion, mm-hmm. I think it, it's very possible it could have gone differently. Okay. Could have. Honestly, Mike Vic probably would have never got the chance to get on the field had Cobb not got injured. Okay. Because I, I believe that because front offices and coaches always want to see what they can get out the yes. younger guy yes. first. If Agreed. they Agreed. if they can get equal production from a younger, cheaper player, why would I? Why would anybody go for the older guy who has mm-hmm. a shorter shelf life? And even though there's a softball, and I know, I know the answer, but I still want to hear you going to Kevin Cobb over Donovan McNabb was the right decision, right? 
At that point, yes. Yes. Okay. And not because McNabb at his best wasn't better than Kevin Cobb at his best. But McNabb at his McNabb best was, was no longer at yeah, his best. Yeah, McNabb wasn't at his best. If anymore, you remember the probably, level of production yes. you saw from McNabb in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. with the um, football the team there, oh, and then, okay. well, you know, Redskins. I'm just. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, what's, what's the, I, I was going to respect your wishes. If you didn't <laughs> want to call them the Redskins, I wouldn't go call them the Redskins. Oh, no. But you said it, but no, so. no, I. I Okay. It's, it's an offensive name, but it is still their name. Okay. So yeah. I'm not going to act like it's not. Okay. But, you know, with, Fair the, enough. with his time there or in, or Minnesota, in Minnesota yeah, was there done. was, there, yeah, it five was, done. was done. Five was done. So no. understood. Understood. That That's all that was. The younger guy usually wins those situations. Now, we, you know me. Mm-hmm. You know me. And you know that I respect your ability to walk away from silly arguments. I respect everyone who can walk away from silly arguments mm-hmm. because that's not me. <laughs> when people come to me with foolishness, I indulge. I have a friend I respect a great deal who has who just feels like he has absolutely no faith in Carson Wentz. Says and Nick it, Foles is doing things that Carson Wentz could never do. I say Carson Wentz was twelve and two when he went out. But he was five and six last year. That's five and six, not Owen, not not Owen right. eleven. Well, f- five and six with a depleted re- receiving co- core for a chunk of the season. Yes, a depleted running, running back. back. Yes, backfield. Yes, banged up D line. Bank decimated. I can't even say banged up. A decimated secondary. And recovering while recovering from an ACL and MCL and developing a stress fracture, he completed seventy percent of his passes. He just wasn't able to fully utilize the entire field, mm-hmm. and it seemed like that started to happen more as the stress fracture started to develop. Mm-hmm. So, only concern—if you could tell me your concern with Carson Wentz is his ability to stay healthy—that's legitimate. My question is, given if if you want to if you want to argue his durability, that's one thing. Yeah, if you tell me his, but c- he, could you really say like if you're if you're questioning durability, that's a re- legitimate concern. That's a, he's, that's a legitimate concern. He's been in the NFL co- for three years. Three years been injured. Been three. injured every year. Mm-hmm. Rookie year was the preseason, but that's still an injury. But if you're questioning his ability to perform on the field, that's not really a question. And it's from his rookie year, they went seven and nine. Mm-hmm. This year, well, his second year, they were twelve and two while Carson was playing, and then, or twelve and one, or eleven and two because no, see, here, or that's, that's another did thing. Finish one of those. Foles wins. finished the game, but he <clears throat> Carson once walked walked off the field with the lead, and that lead disappeared, and Foles had to get it back. Pitch, in baseball, a pitcher mm-hmm. doesn't get that win. Okay. That's why I say whether or not you credit him with that win. I credit him with the win, if, but okay. If the bullpen comes in and blows the orig- the starting pitcher's lead, mm-hmm. the starting pitcher doesn't get that win, even true. if the team wins. True, true. So 
Carson Wentz didn't lose that. Didn't, he didn't lose it. He, he didn't, didn't lose. He didn't lose. No decision. And it ain't. It ain't baseball. So I, a, I give it. So I give him the win. But I. But, but you know, mm-hmm. you see my point. If you're yeah. scoring it, it's a no decision. It's not a win. It's not a loss. Mm-hmm. He played well. He left the okay. field with the lead. Fine. Eleven and two. Eleven and two. Eleven and two. Whatever, 11, whatever the case, it's yeah. a great record. Yeah. And by Way all accounts and losses, all accounts, he was headed towards MVP status last season yes. before that happened. But regardless of all that, from his rookie year last year. And even while watching him play this year, it's one trait Carson Wentz has that stands out. It's obvious to me. Okay. He doesn't panic. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz stays calm, and the team generally stays calm. Which, you play like your team's best player. Which is usually a winning formula where you don't get too high, you don't get too low. Stay even keeled, or you go out there and perform. Carson Wentz in big moments is not a concern I have. Not at all. I he, agree. He's not a guy who I'm worried about the moment being too big for, or him getting the jitters, or anything like that. Time comes, big game comes. I fully expect Carson Wentz to be fine. So, if that's your argument, oh, I don't know that he could do it. You have no – there's nothing Carson Wentz has done on the field where you would have legitimate reason to say he can't get it done. Exactly. Exactly. But like I said, if you tell me your concern is his ability to stay healthy, then you have a legitimate concern. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and I have another question for you. We'll get. We'll jump back into this Foles versus Wentz debate for a little while longer because we got all off season now. Season's over. We got all off season to talk about this. But we're going to take a real quick break and when we come back, we'll do more on Best in the World. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com Hey everyone, let's all stop what we're doing and take a moment. You see, every moment can be kind of special. But they can be loud moments, goofy moments, dorky moments, it doesn't matter. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. From best in the world sports and those sports live, you are listening to the best in the world sports report. And we are back on the best in the world sports report. It's Brown with my man Mike Jones. Where's us? Back at it again. Yeah, man, it's us. <sighs> Getting our last Eagles talk. It's been a real somber tone so far. It has show. been, man. I, and you know, just what the, I shouldn't say I wasn't expecting the end to be like this because you you know you you knew that the eagles were in store for they had an uphill climb let's let's be honest this week this past week yes. they were up against a better team yeah wouldn't Definitely. necessarily say that the first week against mm-hmm. the bears it was a tough situation on the road against the bears but but that's what's frustrating about this game is because they made they the saints are a better team the same, well, but they well, made them look human. Well, considering the current state with all the injuries yes. to the Eagles, yes. the Saints had a better roster on the field that yes. night. Yes, I'll and say given, it that way. Given all of that, 
you still thought the Eagles and still had to yeah, give themselves a chance yeah, to they win. Gave themselves a chance to win. But now we're left. We're left with what ifs. What happens? What do we do? Who do we bring back? Who are we going to lose? And people are still wrapped well, up in this whole Foles Wentz thing. And and that's the thing. Honestly, if you give the Eagles roster a realistic look, mm-hmm. most of the players that are going to be gone mm-hmm. are fairly obvious. Yeah. Obvious choices, including Nick Foles. Yeah. Jason Peters, likely gone. Rodney McLeod, likely gone. Darren Sproles, likely gone. Mike Wallace on the one-year deal, maybe you see him back if he comes for cheap, but likely gone. Mm-hmm. It, it, Ronald Darby, there's yeah. – I'd say at, at bare minimum 50-50 chance he's gone as well. It's, mm-hmm. Any of those big money guys, yeah, probably, probably gone. gone. So let me ask you this. A lot of people – I don't want to really belabor this whole Foles versus Wentz thing because I, I, you and I are on the same page in that a healthy Wentz is the answer. Yeah, a healthy Wentz is the answer. A healthy Wentz is the guy. But yet there are people who's who, and this is probably going to haunt Carson Wentz until he is able to win a championship for this city. I would go further than that because. I'd say it's going to haunt Carson Wentz until he's able to go through a full season healthy. And because that's the thing, the biggest knock on Carson Wentz right now, the the most pressing argument, the biggest argument, the biggest concern is his ability to stay healthy. So... I think the questions that are presenting themselves about Carson Wentz Mm -hmm. will continue to present themselves until he gets through a season fully healthy. So, well, I I think, honestly, as far as his durability, Mm -hmm. I think it also, injury plays a part, staying healthy plays a part, as well as timing. He misses the the first, first two, three games of a season, comes back, Somehow the eagle and takes them on a run that ends in a championship. Mm-hmm. Nobody's nobody nobody's questioning his dur- durability. They, oh, they absolutely will. I, I disagree because even after his rookie year, you heard questions about durability mm-hmm. because it's actually an issue that showed up when he was in college. It was a broken wrist or a broken mm-hmm. arm or something. He has a history of he injuries that cost him to cause him to miss time. Winning helps you forget that. I think winning helps you forget that. I think there will there be questions. Yeah, well, how loud will those questions be? Season ends in a championship, not as loud. Mm-hmm. But my question to you is: Given people's questions about durability at the quarterback position, is Nick Foles would Nick Foles necessarily be the answer? And I say, <laughs> and I say this because of this. Oh, I already know. Nick Foles. If you think back to the when Nick Foles had a chance to be the full-time starter, the one year he actually began the year as the official starter, he went out, got out to a 6-2 and two start, and then his year ended as well with a broken collarbone. Mm-hmm. Now, we've seen a few quarterbacks have broken collarbones over the year. You get slammed right, right mm-hmm. you come down on that shoulder, it'll snap. It'll snap in half, yep. 
that doesn't necessarily make you injury prone as much as that is a high probability injury for the position. Aaron Rodgers, how many times he broke a collarbone? I don't know, but more than once. And we could go down the list. It's happened to a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's it's real simple. It's that one tackle. They wrap you up and yeah. drop you on the side of your yeah. shoulder. There's nothing you can do about it. It's going to snap. Mm-hmm. That one doesn't necessarily make you injury pro. Okay. It's when you start looking at all the little stuff, a ligament here, a, another bone there, and then another ligament in the and when it's repetitive, and the thing is, with Nick Foles, mm-hmm. is if he's durable or not. And during his short runs, we've seen him take some hits and get back up. But there are two ways you can look at that. Mm-hmm. You can look at that and say, well, he's tough. He can take those hits and get back up. Or you can look at it and say, he keeps taking those hits over a 16-game season. He's not going to hold up. Because mm-hmm. there were a couple minutes during this run, even the last three, four games. Yes. That Houston game, he took a hit. That Rams game. That Rams game, he took a hit. That Bears, Bears game, game, he, he took, took a hit. And all those games, he took a shot where you look at him like, oh, is he out? Is he about to come back? Mm-hmm. Missed a couple snaps. Yep. Nate Self- Sudfeld took a couple snaps this year. Mm-hmm. So... Because on the other hand, I see Nick Foles' seven-year career. Mm-hmm. How many times has he played more than eight games in a season? But three times. But let me make let me finish my point. That's a misnomer. Three, how many times has he played more than eight games? Three times. How many times has he played more than fifteen games? More than eleven games, let's just say. Three uh, twice. But I say that's a misnomer. Because how many times in Nick's, Nick Foles' career was he actually supposed to play any games in a season? When you came in and started the season, how many of those seasons was he supposed to play any games? I mean, Two. He, okay. The one year here he was supposed to start, and the one year with Jeff Fisher that he was in a dysfunctional offensive system, the only two, game, two years in his career that he was ever actually penciled in is supposed to be the starter. So you can't look at those years and say what what was his games played because he wasn't the number one quarterback on those rosters. So the sample size isn't big enough. Is, is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Sample size is big enough, but then that's what you. But this is what you're you're trying to base your future on. Oh, I'm not saying I'm trying to base my future on him. Mm-hmm. I said Carson Wentz all day. <laughs> I'm, but I, but I am simply pointing out that while Nick Foles, you might look at these numbers and say. Eight starts, six starts, three starts, five starts, or whatever. That's a backup quarterback's job. You're not looking at a backup quarterback at his numbers, like how many games played he did, mm-hmm. or or if he only had three games played, it meant he was injury prone or not durable. He's not supposed to play. So as weird as it might sound, mm-hmm. Nick Foles is probably one of the greatest backup quarterbacks of all time. True or false? Career backup, yes. Okay. I would, he's not the greatest quarterback to ever play backup. Aaron Rodgers was a backup okay. quarterback. But he was, but he Steve Young was a backup quarterback. That's why I mean career backup. Career backup. Okay. I but, mean, but when but, but remember but when, when Joe Montana when got Aaron, hurt. But when Aaron Rodgers was great, he was a starter. When, when he Steve came, Young was great, he was a starter. And Steve Young was great when he came in as the backup. Joe Montana got hurt. Steve Young came in. They was like, "Oh, this kid is great too." 
Mm-hmm. Joe Montana never got the job back. Okay. Steve Young was great. But that's a function of also having a couple years to develop before you have to play. So you're develop you're a developed quarterback. You're just in a situation where a quarterback has multiple, or excuse me, or a team has multiple good quarterbacks, mm. similar to where the Eagles are right now. Exactly. You have a really good backup because you just happen to be in a good situation where contracts mm-hmm. and good personnel moves allow you to have a very good, if, a very if, very good. To, if Great you're Nick backup. Foles, do you have to go? If you're Nick Foles, you got to go? Have to? Yeah. You got to see what's out there, right? He has to, right? He owes it to himself, right? Have to is a strong word. The man's priorities may be different. He's not a kid who has to worry about feeding his whole family mm-hmm. or – Anything to that extent. Their kids will look at him like, I have to. My entire family is depending on me to provide for their futures. Yeah. But I mean, that, those are, I mean, those are, I mean, those seem like decisions like when you're deciding whether to stay for another year of college or get a draft. But in the NFL, those are always dis- decisions without the guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. The average salary is not what we think of NFL salaries. The average salary in the NFL is under a million, I believe. Last number I heard was six or seven hundred thousand was the mean salary, which is good money, but it's not the thirty million dollar contract that Aaron Rodgers gets. Most guys don't get that. Uh-huh. So, for a lot of these guys, taking care of their family is definitely. If I say I'm a third round pre- Dak Prescott playoff quarterback this year. Uh-huh. But he was a third or fourth round draft pick. Yeah. His salary number, cap number this year was like 600000 Starting quarterback in the NFL, 600000 That's not, That's not the number people have in mind when they think about NFL starting quarterback. Okay. So, yeah, having the idea of having to take care of your family being a factor is definitely a factor for a lot of these guys because – They'll establish themselves as stars mm-hmm. on this rookie deal where they're not making a lot of money, so mm-hmm. a lot of these guys. And that that first opportunity to get that big money mm-hmm. doesn't come till four or five years into your career, and you only get one shot at that contract. So for a lot of these guys, they absolutely are thinking that I only get one shot at this life-changing money, especially at NFL where one injury can end your career. So so for that, them, that's definitely a factor. For Nick Foles, I don't think that it is. So, we, so when I ask, does Nick Foles have to leave or can he stay, depends on what his priorities are. If his priorities are simply be around guys I love, enjoy my life, live in an area that I like, no, he doesn't have to leave. But if he wants to truly, as a competitor, test his ability, test how far he can go, test how he can lead a team, if he wants to really see the full extent of his ability, then from that perspective, yes, he has to leave. As a competitor, yes, he has to leave. As a human who just wants to be happy with life, no, he doesn't. So you would assume as a pro pro athlete, you're a competitor. So I, 
from that standpoint, I'd expect him to leave. I'd, yeah, I'd, ex- I'd expect him to leave. I'd be surprised if he didn't want that opportunity. But Nick Foles is in a unique situation, mm-hmm. which allows him to not have to leave if he doesn't want to. So I th- I think I answered your question. Yeah, no. I'm, yeah, but no, but <laughs> y- yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess the whole Foles thing, the whole Foles Wentz thing, that, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But now that we're officially in the off season, and we have to officially start thinking about the future, there's something we, we kind of touched upon last week that I wanted to kind of re- uh, readdress we talked about personnel and the decisions that need to be made as far as personnel and what type of players that you have do you have players are there players that are true pieces true cogs that you want to build around or are they just depth players depth you know players for depth role players Stuff like that. All right. Well, I would start here when I answer that question. Mm-hmm. What players that are key build-around type players are you about to lose? Well, we just talked about. Well, we just talked about players players that we're losing. Well, who, who, other players we're losing, but how many of them are players so that let, you actually built around? Well, let me. Well, well, let me ask you this. You know, we know that a problem this season whether it be performance, whether it be injury, was secondary. Mm-hmm. There are some players leaving. There are some players staying. All right. But- so so let me so let's 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 start with the secondary. Mm-hmm. Avante Maddox. Played well down played well. Under contract. Under He's contract. a rookie got drafted this year. He's not going anywhere. But where do you see him? Is he a depth guy, or do you see him being a major part of this defense, this defensive secondary? Is he a starter next year? Starter, think, that, starter. That's a tough question to answer. We have to. I mean, just just it, off what we you have to know, wait just, and see, just come, what, could see you who see comes him? back. Um, could you see him starting? Could you see him in a situation where he is starting? He comes in number one on your depth, number one or two on your depth chart. One or two? Mm-hmm. Not likely. Okay, Jalen Mills, but a nickel back is often considered a starting DB these the, okay. these you days. You can see Avante Maddox as a nickel back. Absolutely. Okay, Jalen Mills comes back healthy. He'll he'll likely be back. Sidney Jones. He'll definitely be back. Rasul Douglas. He'll be back. Is he? Where do you, what do you see him at? What do you see Rasul Douglas as? I honestly see either Maddox or Douglas, and more likely Douglas, being transitioned to safety soon. Mm. If I were, if I were to guess, because of size and ability to trace the trace the ball and track the ball in the air, but not necessarily the blazing speed to keep up with a receiver one on one, I could see Douglas being transitioned to safety. He's very, he's a willing tackler. He's good size. He plays physical. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a, a rather natural transition for him for, to be an NFL safety. Crevion. Cravon LeBlanc. Cravon, Crevion. Cravon um, LeBlanc actually 
to through this point in the playoffs has been rated as the second highest rated DB mm-hmm. on playoff teams so far this postseason. The kid earned himself a job. He he earned himself a job. Job here or just a job? Job here. Okay. Ideally, <coughs> just given what you know, I understand. I understand that there are other factors. Mm-hmm. But once again, this is a conversation that we're having in the middle of January, not even a week after the end of our season. So there's plenty of time for this to change, and I'm sure I will ask you again between now and August. Mm-hmm. But right now, given a give everybody a, a clean bill of health, who's your starting DBs? Given from what we have, is Ronald Darby back? No. 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 Ronald Darby's gone. Okay. Because it's not, at this point, a sure thing what happens with him either way. So mm-hmm. I had to ask what your scenario no, just, included. So understood. If, if Darby's gone, you're probably looking clean bill of health for everyone. Clean bill of health. Everyone. A full off season and all. Yes. Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones. And then on the outside, on the other side. Mm-hmm. You're either looking at Mills or LeBlanc on the outside. Your gut feeling, who would you go with? My gut feeling is that the job would go to Mills mm-hmm. but because of experience. Mm-hmm. But LeBlanc may actually have a slightly better physical tools. He definitely looks faster on the field. Okay. Who's your nickel? See my my nickel. I'm deciding which one I transition to safety, which one I leave in that corner. Mm-hmm. But chances are, Avanti Maddox is my nickel. Okay. And your safeties would be Douglas and uh, Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Okay. So McLeod right. is likely gone as well because his cap number yeah. is prohibitive for him to him coming back. Okay. All right, that's cool. Let me switch over to the offense for for a second. Okay. All right, Wendell Smallwood. How much does he make? He never got a real contract. He was a late round pick. Yeah. So if he's a free, I don't remember if he's unrestricted free agent this year or mm-hmm. not. I don't believe he is. But there's no reason to cut him at the money he makes. Okay. Josh Adams. Another guy who was an undrafted free agent comes back for cheap if they bring him back. I see him at least being there for strength in going into camp next year. Whether or not he makes the final 53 depends on what the Eagles do in the draft. Do they really invest in a high, like a high pedigree running back? Mm-hmm. Or do they keep going with, with the way they've been going the last couple of years, late round picks and undrafted free agents? Do you, agree with, do you agree with the sentiment that this is the year that they need to spend high on a running back? I don't believe they need to spend high on a running back just for the sake of spending, saying they have a running back they spent high on. I believe if they identify the player who they want and he's the best player on the board mm-hmm. when they pick, pick him. Okay. This is my first offseason really working with you, really being cool with you like that. Mm-hmm. Do you do like draft boards and stuff like that? Like how how deeply invested are you in the draft? I I get into the draft. Okay, all right, that's good. No, that's a good thing. I, I I get into the draft. Okay, but most of it 
I do. You're not going to see me walking around with a whole lot of notes. <laughs> that's not me. You nah, know that's not me. No, nah, no, nah, I understand. But I, I'm definitely going to be if paying you attention. See, if, if you can see right now, I have like two notebooks in front of me, and my, I got my pen in my hand. I'm writing stuff down as Mike's saying. And I'll, my, and I'll and, occasionally pull my phone out to look up something every mm, once in a while. Yeah, and I got, I got my phone. I got two notebooks, my phone, and a computer. <laughs> and I'm I'm all over the place. Mike's table, Mike has his old table is a bowl, bowl of, of breath. Uh, yeah, a bowl of breath mints that we both been eating out of all day. Cause, <laughs> so we got the freshest breath out of anybody. That's the bowl, and no notes at no all. Notes. No notes. More, but you, but you. It's in. more fun that way. You never know what I might say. No, that is true. That is true. That is true. All right, look, we're going to take a real quick break, and then we're going to come back. Let me talk a little Sixers before we get on out of here on Best in the World Sports Report. Tell us what you think of this show. Hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports. John Brown, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And we are back on Best in the World Sports Report. John Brown. Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. Are you sure? Nah, they always wanted. That's what. That's what I, was, <laughs> I mean, you've said this before, but you know, I, I, I question that. You know, I want to meet some people from the from the past of Mike Jones. Oh uh, no, nah, they, they always wanted. They always wanted. I was I, always I, hot. What I'm gonna do, right? Hey, look, man, it's, <laughs> it's hard. I, 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 I bet it's, it's is it is it is it easy to be Mike Jones? It's not. I mean, the life of a sex symbol, sex symbol is challenging. I wouldn't know. I, I, I wouldn't know. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with That's that. That's a podcast in itself. Mike Joe's Life of a Sex Symbol. <laughs> there you Co- go. Let's you do know, it. Coming soon to somebody else's channel. Ain't going to be on my. <laughs> ain't go, I, I ain't touching that one. Hey, man, uh, big week for the Sixers. Sixers got a uh, tough stretch ahead of them. But they got uh, went out there and handled Indi- uh handled the paces. They handled the paces. Kind of, they tried to make it close in the third quarter. Uh, excuse me, started the fourth quarter, but they pulled away. Ended big up big win, twenty three, twenty four point win, something like yeah, that. Yeah, one twenty, one twenty to ninety six. Yeah, twenty four points. All right, so they're getting healthier. That's and that's two routes in a row. Beat up all, beat up on Minnesota. But Minnesota's uh mm-hmm. Indian Indiana's supposed to be a playoff team this year. And they will be. Beat these dudes in their building by twenty four points. <laughs> now, let's see. Now we have to remember mm-hmm. even though t- teams are starting to improve in the in the East, mm-hmm. 
generally speaking, the East is not the strongest conference top to bottom. The okay. West is still the stronger conference. So if you're a six if you're looking at a six, seven, eight seed in the East, mm-hmm. you're probably not that great a team. Mm-hmm. So being a playoff team doesn't necessarily make, make you, you a great a, team. Okay, fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you can only play the teams you play. Oh you'll never hear me question that. So that give, given that said, uh, where's your confidence level with the Philadelphia 76ers right now? Confidence in what? what? The future, the season, what they can do this season. All right, can they compete for a championship this season? Like, no. what's my confidence in that? Uh, compete for win two playoff series. Series. Two playoff. Series. Two play, playoff series. I think. I think it's easy to say confidence. Th- they can win. We can win one round one. Round one. That. Hundred percent. Ninety five. Ninety five. Okay. Second there, round. There series. are a couple bad matchups that are possible. Okay. Is, but ninety five. Then second round. Again, it depends on the matchup. There are a couple matchups I wouldn't be fond of. Actually, second round. Sixers could lose second round. Second round means you have four teams left in the East. You'd assume they're Toronto. That's a tough matchup. You'd assume, okay, we're talking about the Sixers. They're one of them. You assume Boston's in there. That's a tough matchup. And the fourth team in the East, if I had to guess right now, would likely be Milwaukee. Also a tough matchup. So you don't see Milwaukee finishing the the season as the number one seed in the East? Finishing the season as the number one seed in the East? Um, Right now it's – Honestly, I I said at the start of the season when I did my preseason NBA preview on my other show Mm -hmm. that when I ranked the teams, I ranked one, two, three, and four – Mm-hmm. And then what I and I didn't I intentionally excluded Milwaukee because what I said about Milwaukee was that at the start of the season, if Giannis Antetokounmpo took that next step, which he has, and the players around him continue to develop, which they have, Milwaukee could be the wild card that messes up everything for everyone because they have the talent, size, athleticism to truly beat anyone in the East. So, they're simply a team you can't predict because you don't, you just haven't seen it yet. There's still a lot of young t- players on that team, but they're absolutely in those top, those top four teams I expect to be in the second round. Hmm. And among those four teams, anybody could beat anybody. Okay. So, top five teams in the East right now. You're looking at Milwaukee, you're looking at Toronto, you're looking at the Pacers, then the Sixers, and then the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Now, although the Celtics have – they haven't run away with this conference like a lot of people thought they would. People thought the Celtics were going to run away with the conference? Yes. Yes, they did. They're not paying attention people, to the Celtics roster? Not as much – apparently not as much attention as you. Okay. I mean, I, I guess they did add talent this year. They 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 got better. There were people 
people who actually get paid money who thought this this was going to be the Celtics year. Mm-hmm. Still could be. Still could be. But nonetheless, the Celtics are still fifth, the fifth best team in the uh, Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Behind the Sixers, but they've beaten the Sixers twice this year. It's a bad matchup. Bad matchup. So given those those other those teams in the top five, not the Sixers, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Toronto, Pacers, Celtics, do you put the Sixers up there with them? The Pacers are the team I don't put in that group. Okay. They are in an especially weak division. Okay. The the central division of the Eastern Conference, you've got Milwaukee and Indiana. Then you're looking at the Pistons, who are challenged this year. The Bulls, who are challenged this year. The Cavaliers, who are challenged this year. So... 60% of that division is completely trash. 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 Yeah. Garbage. So so you're not a believer in the Indiana Pacers. No. Okay. All right. Uh, they're they're a nice young talented team, but but they're Sixers are better than clearly yeah, better. Than. The Sixers are a better team right now. Better than Boston? Right now? Mhm. All we can talk about is right now. Better? I'd say they're on an even that they, I'd put the two of them on an even level right now. Okay. By the end of this season, Boston has the higher ceiling for this season. I would say. Okay. And that's strictly for this, for this season. season. Toronto Raptors. They have the ability to be the best team in the East. Okay. There are a couple players on that roster that still have to earn my trust, though. All right. Namely, their starting point guard. Okay. But Kawhi, he he was an upgrade from DeRozan. DeRozan. Yep. And Danny Green, as much as he goes untalked about, in my opinion, he's quietly the piece in that trade that makes the deal work for Toronto. Okay. If you get... Kawhi for DeRozan straight up without Danny Green. It's essentially a lateral. Well, I don't. I wouldn't call it a lateral move because Kawhi mm-hmm. is a little is better than DeRozan. Mm-hmm. But you're still left with the incomplete roster. I'll say it that way. Okay. Having Danny Green, who's a solid defender and a knockdown shooter, that adds an extra dimension beyond. Just the upgrade of Kawhi over DeRozan. Mm-hmm. I get that plus a defender and shooter. Okay. So, is, uh, if Kyle Lowry can show me that he's able to get it done in the biggest moments, which to this point in his career he hasn't, then – so the, this is – last year and now this year, the East has been completely wide open. And – and when I say like there is no prohibitive favorite, this team is a clear cut winner in the East this year. Okay, it's all really going to come down to matchups, home court advantage, and who is able to because all. If I had to give advantage to one team, mm-hmm. 
it would be out of all those groups, Toronto. And the advantage I give them is because they have the most mature core. The rest of them, Indiana, you're looking at young players. Oladipo, he's started to come into their own. But of the group, they're also the least talented team. Okay. Sixers are extremely young. Boston is extremely young. So we're and historically in the NBA, young teams, there is a limit to how far a young team can go historically in the NBA. So that would be my concern with most of those teams we just discussed. Okay. Is they're so, just young. So real quick, Milwaukee, as they are currently. They're also a young team, which mm-hmm. is why I say they're the wild card in all of it because – they have the size, athleticism, talent, shooting. It's just simply a matter of how quickly can that team mature. Okay. Back to the Sixers. Sixers signed Corey Brewer this week. Okay. What did you think of that? It's a it's solid a ten, I mean, move. It's a ten, I mean, it's a 10-day deal, so there's a good chance that – He'll make the roster. You think so? They need the depth. Mm-hmm. He can get you seven, eight points, play good defense. Plays, he's a very good defender, athletic, can run the floor, will finish. Not a knockdown shooter, but he can make an open shot. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not against that at all. I would have preferred a power forward rather than a slasher, small forward type. But some additional some additional firepower, definitely some additional defense, athleticism, which is one of the things, for example, a matchup like Boston, where we're saying it's a tough matchup. One of the reasons why is because the Sixers, at some positions, lack the athleticism to play the prerequisite perimeter defense mm-hmm. to guard a team like Boston that has a plethora of good young athletes around the perimeter. So, it's a good signing. I don't think it's the answer to everything, but well, it, I mean, it's a not, solid signing. The answer to everything is never going to be found on a, a guy you signed to a 10-day contract. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but there's always people that over-criticize and over-analyze every move. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. We signed Corey Bro, You know. And 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 that's and what I, and that's what I don't want people to do. Like, well, don't get excited gonna, about this move. Like, do it's, that regardless. Like, don't look at that move and get excited. Like, oh, we got Corey Brewer. It, it, he's a nice piece to add to your bench. He's those, a depth piece. Those days of Florida were a long he, time he ago. Could give, he, could, he could give you quality minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could give you ten to fifteen quality minutes a game because he can defend, can run the floor, and can make some buckets for you. Not, mm-hmm. but he's not going to come out and give you twenty off the bench either. More off, more likely than not, and so from that standpoint, he is a rotational piece, though. So mm-hmm. I, you you don't feel like he's a liability on the court. Okay. Did you watch the Minnesota game? I did. What did you think of the fans booing Jared Bayless every time he touched the ball? How long was Jared Bayless in Philly? Three seasons? Three seasons. Yeah. About, they're about. In those three seasons, how many games do you remember Jalen Barrett is playing? 15, 20? Mm, I, I don't know. Less than 50 in three seasons he okay. played. Yep. Probably less than 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those 40 games, how many of those games do you remember him scoring double digits? Mm, 
I would maybe none of them. Okay, how many of them do you remember him having a real good game as a floor general, playing point guard, leading the offense, getting him t- racking up assists, having everything looking right? Yeah, how many of those games do you remember? Um, n- none of them. Do you know how much Jared Bayless got paid a year while he was in Philly? A lot of money. Double-digit millions. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was somewhere around 13. Okay. So, essentially, he stole $13 million a year from the Sixers. Yeah, pretty much. So, you were all over. He got booed. Would you Would you have been booing him if you were at the game? Do you boo players when you go to a game? I know you missed the objective. You like to be Mr. Fair, and I respect that. That does not mean I'm opposed to a solid boo. Okay. But there's a difference between a solid boo and an irrational boo. A solid boo, you, you stink. You stink, you get booed. I'm from that era. You stink, you get booed. It's that simple. Problem is, I'm not for... I think that sometimes the boo comes too quickly. Okay. I'm not looking to boo a team in the second, two minutes into the second quarter. Because I understand the game has ebbs and flows and everybody goes on runs. Mm-hmm. But you're sticking up three, four quarters, yeah, you might get booed. Man, all right. I think the whole deciphering whether it's irrational or rational to boo takes too long and takes all the fun out of booing. I boo when the boo comes. I most certainly would probably be booing Jared Bayless. But I'm not going to boo just because everybody else is booing. I have to feel the boo. I have to feel it. I have to mean the boo. I understand that, but I will absolutely boo just because everyone else is booing. And there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with corporate booing. If we all want to boo, let's boo. Let's boo together. But I don't want to give you a fake boo any more than I want to give you a fake cheer. I'm gonna mean it. If I'm cheering for you, I mean it. I mean it all the time. And if I'm booing you, I mean it. Nah, man. I would look. All that think. There's way too much thinking. There doesn't need to be thinking in booing. Just boo. <laughs> People around you booing, yeah, you boo too. Don't be the don't be the ex booer. Don't be a boo. <laughs> don't be a boo snob. Oh, I'm definitely a boo snob. Don't be a boo snob, man. Are you, no, I'm a boo snob. Don't be a boo snob, man. All there, my there, boos no, have to be highbrow. Oh, that's terrible, dude. So you you, you know. Oh no, yeah. no, no! So you're like an IPA type uh, booer. Exactly. Me, nah, man, I'm a Michelob booer. I'm, I'm, I'm a biller. I'm a daddy bow. I'm a natty boo. That's what I am. <laughs> my, see, my, see, I, I, I go to the store. I get me a six pack of Stella Arbu. You know, no, no, no. You look back in my refrigerator. <laughs> you gonna see some Miller boo. All right. Now there is some Yingling, some 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 Yingling boo and tans and some. Yeah. Uh, all my brews are well crafted, you know, and whatever, man. I drink malt blue, uh, malt <laughs> Colt Forty Boo. All right, that's what we doing. We boo Jared Bayless would catch Jared Bayless would catch the same boo as Steph Curry would get. No, yes, like if Steph Curry just put up fifty and makes the game winner or something, yeah, he gets booed oh, yeah, different. He get, than, I don't care. Jared, Jared Bayless though, he does. He's not immune from the boo. Okay. Because cause he stole 
over he stole, my, he yeah. stole yeah. close to forty million dollars from the team over four over yeah. three years. Like like I, I it's like Andrew Bynum would get booed. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Bynum could never step foot in this city again, ever. So I mean, so the boo the boo happens. There's a mm. place for the boo, mm. but I don't I don't want to be quick to boo either. Like, okay, a guy misses two or three jump shots. We don't start booing. That's that's an irrational boo. You missed two or three shots. You know, it, it it depends. You know, you know what? It doesn't depend. Two or three missed shots. Nah, man, you getting booed, son. <laughs> you gonna catch that? You gotta catch that wrath. You know what? I got to have you, son. Boo! <laughs> Get him out of here. He's trash. What's that guy's name? What, what, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he's he stinks. We should have never traded for Butler. Roko would have never missed them shots. And then we get Roko <laughs> back, and he airballs a three and misses two layups, and then we're ready to get rid of him, too. Okay. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever, man. We Look, man, we're going to cut this one short, all right? But it's been a good, it's been, been a good show. It's been fun. It's been fun. But let's jump on it. Let's let's get on out of here. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the best in the world. Sports Report. Hey man, whatever man. In fact, hold on. See, that's that's see, that's the best part of being the host and controlling the board. Now I just shut his mic off. You can't hear him at all. No, nope, nope, nope. You don't hear that, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a great show. Tell us what you think of today's show. All right, if you were to cheer us or if you were to boo us, boo. Let us know. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. Remember, you can hear this show every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. on phillygoflow.com following the Reggae Sunrise Show preceding early morning 80s. All right, we're going to probably have an extended early morning 80s today because we're getting out of here in like less than an hour, but that's just what we do. All right. Sometimes hey, you get in, you get I, out. Exactly. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it real with you guys. Guess what, man? My daughter's selling Girl Scout cookies. So y'all need to hit me up. Y'all want them cookies? I'm serious about the cookies, man. We we sell. Look, we we push cookies like it's the wire out here. Ain't nobody in this neighborhood getting cookie money but us. <laughs> Your little daughter want to sell some cookies around here. She can buy from us, and then she can sell our cookies. I move cookies by the pound. Exactly. I'm out here like for real. I'm telling people, I got it for cheap. Mm-hmm. You want to, like? Ain't nobody pushing caramel delights or thanks a lot or lemonades or any of them around here, but me. You want Girl Scout cookies in I, your neighborhood? I want you my get cookies them on me. fish scales. Uh, exactly. Come on. They know my stuff is fresh off the boat. All right? That's what I do. Girl Scout cookies. Highlight your boy. All right? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the best in the world sports report. My name is Jabra. That's Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Back then, they ain't want you. Now I'm hot. They all on you. Me, it's pretty much been nobody from the very beginning. It's all good. We'll see you guys next week. Peace, y'all. Peace. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Gold Flow.